Thank you, Sean. Turn your Bibles, if you will, to 1 Peter chapter 4. We're talking about our gifts. If you have your little white paper, there's a little basket out there on the welcome desk. And if you filled that out on your way out, if you put that in that desk, that, that, not the desk, but put it in the basket, that'll help us try. We're going to try to figure out how to help you use your gift. And we want to, it, it is our goal, it is my goal, that each person would be using their gift in the body. And the word says that's what we're supposed to do. So let's all stand. We're going to start with verse 7 here in chapter 4 of 1 Peter. It says, the end of all things is near, therefore be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks... They should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength of with the, with do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, today you have gifted each one of us. And Father, sometimes we think I don't know what my gift is, but you have given us something that we can use to point someone else towards you. And Father, today, I pray that you would help us to realize that it is our job to go through the town and point people towards you and not keep people from you, but to point people towards you. And Father, I pray that you would just show that to us in a fresh new way today. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. It says here, and we've talked about it before, but in verse 10 it says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received, meaning that that God has given each of you a gift. And you may be a Christian that has been a Christian for years and years and years, or you may be a Christian who has not been a Christian for very long, but the Word says that each of you has a gift. That when you become a child of God, God gives you a gift, and I think that He can give you gifts for different times in your life and maybe even gifts for just a moment. There's sometimes you have uh, wisdom that you've never had before, but God gifted you right there at that moment. And so God gifts you for whatever it is that he has for you. And I think lots of times we look at other people's gifts and say, I wish I had their gift. I see their gift and I see how they're using their gift and I wish I had their gift. But God gives you a gift, and your gift is just as important as someone else's gift. And I don't know if you've ever had your kids at Christmas time, you give them a gift, and, and they look at what someone else got, and they go, well, I wish I got that. And then you have to go spank them and bring them back in, and it messes up everything. But the Word says one of the, one of the Ten Commandments is not to covet. And coveting is, I see what someone else has, And I wish I had it instead of what I have. And I want you to know this morning that whatever you have, God has given to you. Whatever gift you have, God has given it to you. And you're not to covet what someone else has. You're supposed to be happy with your gift. Don't you enjoy it when you give someone a gift that you've picked out for them and they really enjoy it? I am by, by, uh, usually I am not a good gift giver. I usually, at Christmas, there have been many Christmases that my wife has suffered from my gift-giving ability. It is, 
gift giving is not my gift. Isn't that true? That is true. But one year I knew that I had picked out the gift, the perfect gift for my wife. And usually my girls will try to find out what it is I'm getting their mother so that they can steer me in another direction so it will be at least somewhat enjoyable for my wife. And and I would not tell them what I got her. I said, I know what I'm getting her this year and I've picked it out and I know exactly what it is and it is perfect and this is the gift. And they were like, really, Dad, we need to know what it is because you gift giving is not your gift, you know. And so uh, I... My wife was kind of going through a time there where she liked antique books, older books. And so I went to, the, uh, went to, a, to a Christian bookstore, and I bought her a book. And it wasn't an antique. It was about in the 60s. It was about in the 60s. And so I wrapped this book up, and I, and I gave it to her at Christmas. And... Uh, and it was this big secret because the girls didn't know what it was. And I said, no, it's really good. It's really good. And so it was so much fun to watch everybody's face when she opened up this book. And I said, I knew you liked old books. And so I got you this book. And my wife was just like, and I knew she didn't like my gift. <laughs> and all the girls were like, oh, my goodness, what has this idiot done? And the boys were like, that's awesome. I would get her the same thing because <laughs> they're dumb like me what they didn't know is that inside the book I had hidden very cleverly a small pistol that she wanted because she wanted to get her conceal and carry and I cut all the pages out and hid that pistol inside there and so she opened up the first page and I said I said this book is to teach you about God and God will always be your protector and I made that real big you know and I went down through and he and I wrote something else and then the last thing I wrote was aim small miss small and she's like what and I said turn to page whatever whatever it was and so she turns over to this page and it's the last page before she opens it up and sees that I've got her this little uh, pistol so she can carry have her conceal carry And the name, it was the first page of the chapter, and it says, How to Rule with Unruly People in the Church. (laughs) Turn the page, and there's a pistol. (laughs) But it was fun to watch her. When she opened the gift, she's like, Oh, this gift stinks. This gift stinks. But I had picked out the gift that I knew she needed, and I knew that she wanted. And you say, Well, what what does she need that for? It gives my wife a great bit of comfort just to have some, that with her. And she needs that. And so I wanted her to have that. And so it was a good gift, but when she first got it, she was like, this gift is just like all the others. It stinks. But it was a good gift. It was a good gift. And God gives us gift, and I think sometimes we look at the gift he gives us and we go, why, didn't we, why don't I have someone else's gift? Because that's not your gift. But God has given you something that he is made perfectly for you to show glory to him. And so we have to figure out what that is. And we have to use it. And we are to use our gifts to point people towards Jesus. Now I'm going to go to a story, if you want to go with me. It's very familiar. It's Luke 19. It's the story of Zacchaeus. This is a story of believers 
not using their gift to point people towards Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, you might want to go back to Luke 19. And we're going to begin kind of going through the first verses of this. Luke 19, verse 1. And it starts off, and of course Jesus is doing what he's supposed to be doing. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. There was a place where Jesus had to go, and he had to pass through. He didn't go around Jericho. He had to go through it. And God calls us as his church. We are to go through where he has placed us. It is our job as a church in Marshfield, Missouri, to reach people in Marshfield, Missouri. This is where we're located. This is the place that God has called us to be. This is the place that we are called to, wor- to worship in, but it's also the place that God has called us to go through. And he has called us to go through Marshfield and the, and the towns maybe that are close to us, and we're to go through them and point people towards Christ. I, I, I love what we've been doing over the last couple of days and what we're going to be doing over the next few, uh, over the next week. We're going through Marshfield. By the time we get done uh, this week, we will have placed a bag on every house inside the city limits of Marshfield that says, we want you to be part of the food drive that is part of Webster County. That's not our ministry, but we support it. And we want you to be, if you want to be part of that, we want to be part of it. We are also a church who loves people enough that we want to help them on Thanksgiving. And maybe there's somebody that, maybe you don't need a turkey, but there's somebody that, that does. And what we're saying is we, we want to do that. And then on Wednesday night, we're going to be up on, Wednesday afternoon, we're going to be up on the square. And we're just, I'm just praying that people just see that we're a church that loves people. We want to help you. We want to be part of what you are. And if you need Christ, this is where we are. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. We're trying to use our gifts. And you say, well, I don't, I, I don't know what my gifts are. Well, I'm going to tell you, don't do what the people in this people did. So Jesus entered Jericho and passed through it. And there was a man, named, man, man there by the name of Zacchaeus, and he was the chief tax collector and was wealthy. This guy was the worst. He was the lowest of the low. Nobody in town liked this guy. His own mother didn't like him. He probably collected taxes from her and cheated her. Everybody, nobody could stand him. He had friends, but they were not probably his family. They were people who just hung around him because he had money. He was the worst. I want you to understand something. That this week, this weekend, the last two days, you have placed a piece of paper at the doorstep of some people who are maybe the worst. There are things that go on in houses in this town that we don't want to think about or we don't know about and we don't want to think about them. But this week, we have placed something on their door that points them towards Jesus. And you might think, well, Pastor, I don't want to think about those people. I don't don't want to think about anything that we might be doing to help those people. I'm going to tell you what. God seeks to redeem the worst of the worst. 
And there's probably somebody in your life that you think that you've been praying for. Maybe you've been praying for a long time and you say, there is no way that, that God's ever going to be able to... I'm praying for them, but in my mind, I know that they're never, ever going to change. I want you to know, Zacchaeus was the worst in Jericho. He was the worst. And this week, you have placed on a doorstep a little sign pointing towards Jesus to some people who are doing things that we would consider awful. And they probably are. But you know what? God could use that to point them towards Christ. And that's what God calls us to. We're not supposed, we don't save them, but we're supposed to point to where Jesus is. And this is what he's called us to do, and this is what we're doing. And so he had to go through Jericho. You can't go around Jericho and run into Zacchaeus. Jesus had to go through Jericho to redeem the worst of the worst. If we want to see people come to know Christ, you got to get where the people are. You have to. You have to. And so that's what Jesus did. So he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So you have this guy who's the worst of the worst, and he says, there's something in me. God was drawing him, and he said, I want to see who Jesus is. But the other people who wanted to see Jesus wouldn't let him in. The crowd would not let him get to Jesus. And church, we don't want to be so anxious to get to Jesus that we crowd around and don't let anybody else in. We need to be thinking that on Sunday mornings and that on times when we are doing things like this, like on our turkey giveaway day or any day, any time... We need to be the people pointing them towards Jesus. Whoever you're sitting by on Sunday morning may be trying to get to see Jesus. And maybe you're on your phone and you're texting, or maybe you're talking, or maybe whatever you're doing, or looking at the Facebook, or whatever. Here's the deal. I know what goes on. I'm up here. I see everything. I'm the all... No, I don't know everything. (laughs) I see stuff. And someone's got a hymnal. I know they're not singing because they're going like this. I've seen all the tricks. I know everything. No. But here's the deal. Maybe you're talking or whatever. We're supposed to be pointing people towards Jesus. Maybe somebody said, hey, can I sit here? I, I need to sit a little closer. That's my seat. That's not helping anybody. We ought to be doing whatever we can. We ought to be helping everybody with whatever parking place that we can give to get our people who are needing to see Jesus closer, we need to be doing it. We need to be thinking about how... Do you, do you understand this this morning? I heard some guy, a guy tell, say this this week. Do you know that prodigals are coming through those doors? And what did Jesus say that the Father did when the prodigals came? He was like, come, come. That's the way we need to be at the front door. If you're a greeter at the front door, you are welcoming prodigals. You should be so happy that the prodigal, you don't, you don't know who the prodigal is. You don't know the next person that steps through that door could be Zacchaeus. The next person that steps through that door could be the prodigal son who has been away from Christ for years and years and years, and he is walking back today. <laughs> Woo, we're glad you're here. Man, we're glad you're here. Honey, we're glad you're here. 
The prodigals are coming. Do you know that there are people that walk through that door whose mom and dad is someplace in some town and who knows how far from here praying to God that their kid would come back and walk through the door of a church and come to know who Christ is. Just like you're praying for your kid who's far, far away. How are we going to treat those prodigals? This crowd was not helping Zacchaeus. They were not using their gifts to get the worst of the worst to get a place where he could see Jesus. And we need to be thinking like that. How do I help the worst of the worst see who Jesus is? And so this is what God is, had, had called them to. And he was the worst guy in town, and the followers of Jesus wouldn't let them see who Jesus was. So if you go on and you see these guys, and don't be so, I don't want to be hard on them. They were excited to see Jesus. But let's be in the church. Let's not be so excited about what we get out of church. Let's not be so excited about, oh, I hope they sing the songs we want to sing today. Oh, I love singing those songs. And I, and I wanted to hear what Pastor had to say today. I'm not I'm sure nobody says that. But, but I wanted to be, you know, I, wanted, I was enjoying church today. Let's not make it so much about ourselves that we don't allow someone else to come in and see. You hear what I'm saying? That should be, in, if, if we are a follower of Christ, we need to be in tune. Be like, how can I help the people around me see Jesus? And so these guys were blocking the lost from seeing Christ. So if you go to verse 5, it said, When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay in your house. Jesus placed himself in places where people could see who he was. I want to ask you a question this morning. Are you friends with anybody who is not a follower of Christ? Here's the deal. Lots of times when we become Christians, and we're Christians for a long time, then all of our friends are Christians. It's just the way that it happens. And you have to work at trying to get in a place where you are around people that do not, follow Christ, do not follow Christ. Now, I want you to be very careful. If you're going to be dealing with and trying to help people who are lost, you need to be strong enough to help pull them out of where they are and not let them pull you back into where you came from. Okay? So be careful there. All right? But you need, God has called us to be in conversation with and be i mean don't go around and go oh, well those those unsaved people i just don't want to be around them at all jesus was hip deep in them i mean he was hip deep in them and god has called us to i mean god called us to be in a place where we can do that and i'm going to give you a quote here in a minute but we need uh but we need to point uh people towards christ and i'm going to tell you in the world we live in it is so hard to uh, anymore if someone agrees, disagrees with us on any point when we're just like, I don't want anything to do with you. I've been talking about this, and, it, and it, it's, it just gets worse and worse. And we think, well, if you don't agree with me on everything, then, then I can't be your friend at all. I'm going to tell you what, and this is my quote. You will not win your enemies to Christ. You win your friends to Christ. Now, you can have friends who are enemies of Christ, but they can still be your friend. 
And we need to seek to be, how can I have a relationship with people who do not agree with me on everything? We do not need to, if I don't agree with you on every point, well, I just can't be your friend anymore. That's not what God called us to. Him and Zacchaeus did not agree on anything. Nothing. Zacchaeus is the worst guy in town. And Jesus says, I'm going to go to your house. And when he goes to his house, Jesus does not say, Zacchaeus, you're stealing money from everybody. You have, you have disowned your family. You've disowned your country. You've disowned your people. You are a liar and a thief, and I can't stand anything about you. Do you know what Jesus said to Zacchaeus? Hey, what's for lunch? What's for, what's for lunch? Let's, I'm going to your house, man. And Zacchaeus is like, oh, yeah. And they sit down, they start eating. He's just eating there, and they're shooting the breeze. And they doesn't, he doesn't say one thing to Zacchaeus. He just goes, and he's there. Do they agree on anything? No, they disagree on everything. Zacchaeus says, I'm going to get rich. I'm going to do whatever I need to do. I don't care who I steal from. I don't care. That's not Jesus. Jesus is the whole other end of the spectrum. And Jesus doesn't say one thing to him. He just goes in. They have lunch. And halfway through lunch, he stood up and said, Jesus has not said anything. He said, Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. Did Jesus say anything about the poor? (laughs) Nothing. I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody, which he had, I'll pay back four times the amount. Jesus just goes and is there. He's just there. And all of a sudden, the presence of Jesus, being around Jesus, touches this guy's heart, the worst of the worst. And folks, God calls us to take our gift and just point people to Jesus. We don't need to... I'm just going to tell you, you're never going to argue anybody into the kingdom. You're not going to argue anybody into the kingdom. Do you need to know how to defend your faith? Absolutely. I think it's very important. But you're not going to ever argue anybody into the kingdom. You'll never win your enemies into the kingdom. Folks, God has called us to go through the town and to point people to Jesus, to use our gift, whatever it is, to point people to Jesus. I'm going to tell you, you don't have to be very gifted to put a paper sack on someone's door. That doesn't take much of a gift. You just got to do it. And you don't have to be terribly gifted just to try to be friendly to somebody. Just try to find someone and say, look, I just, I don't care if we don't agree on anything. I just want to be your friend. You know that the presence of Jesus abides in you? Do you understand that? God's Holy Spirit abides in you. And that when you put your play, put yourself in a position where you are by people who need Christ, that you put the presence of God by them and just the presence of God, not you arguing them down, not you telling them how wrong they are or worthless they are or anything like that, but just the presence of God. The presence of God is what changed Zacchaeus' heart. The worst guy in town. 
And this is what God has called us to. He has called us to where we love one another. And our job is just to get people in a place where they can see Jesus. To be in the presence of Jesus. We pray that at our worship time, our worship time this morning, I could feel the Holy Spirit in the presence of Jesus. And we pray that when we are in the Word, that, the, that people uh, are in the presence of Jesus. Because truthfully, you don't need to be talked into following Jesus. You just need the presence of Jesus to where He moves you. That's what changes people. I can't remember hardly any sermons I've ever heard or hardly any sermons I've ever preached. A few I can, but not most of them none, not. But it was always the presence of Jesus that moved me and moved my life. Jesus changes people. They don't have to be told. They just need Jesus. And then there's this group. There's this group now, I'm telling you, they're not using the gifts that God has given him. Then there's this group in verse 7. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Oh, don't you love the spiritual gift of muttering? If you look up in, uh, in uh, some of the other uh, translations, it goes, They started to grumble. The murmurers, the mutterers, and the grumblers. All those wonderful spiritual gifts that are given from... That is not a spiritual gift. Muttering, murmuring, and grumbling are not a spiritual gift. Okay? But this bunch, they started murmuring. And they started grumbling. Because Jesus was in the presence of the worst guy in town. Church, murmuring and muttering and grumbling are not a spiritual gift. And I'm just being honest with you this morning. There's no place for it here. There's no place for it. If you need to say something about someone, then you need to go to that person and talk to them. And you don't need to be talking to other people about it because what happens is it just... And it don't help anybody or anything. If you got something to say, go say it to them. If you got something to say to me, go say it to me. We don't need murmurers or mutterers or grumblers. That's not what God... That's not a spiritual gift. This, Zacchaeus, and here's the deal. It's a wonderful thing about the whole thing. You got all these people who are not helping Zacchaeus see Christ, who are not helping any of it, and he still gets saved because of the power of the presence of Jesus Christ. And the truth of the matter is, folks, all we need, what we need to be praying for, I'm telling you what, I got up this morning, and, and for an hour... I, I prayed for the presence of Christ today. Just the presence of Christ. I didn't pray for anything else. I just could not, as I read through this story this week and as I thought about it, I said, God, we just need the presence of Christ. And you might, and you might think, and, and here's the deal, you can absolutely disagree with, you might think, I don't know why we're doing anything on Halloween up on the square. Pastor, you have, 
in the past, I have just been totally against things like that, and, and I'm not sure really where I stand on it. I just feel like this is what God wanted us to do this year, and I could be completely wrong, and if you say, Pastor, I agree with you, come to me and tell me that, and I'd say, you know, you, might be well, you may well be right. We'll just have to see. Okay? But I really am praying and you say, how could the presence of Christ be in a inflatable and a popcorn machine on the northeast corner of the square? I don't know. But I'm praying for that. It is not my thing. I'm just telling you, it is not my thing. But I'm called to go through the town. I'm called to go through the town. And I feel like this is what we're supposed to do. And so, if you can come and help, come and help. If you can't, could you just pray for us? Just pray that for some reason on that part of the square, when people walk by, they feel the presence of God somehow. And they're somehow, he pricks their heart or whatever. You can totally disagree with me, and that is just fine. That is just fine. But let's agree to pray for God's presence. Okay? Let's do that. Let's do that. I want us to stand this morning. I just wanted to encourage you this morning. I want to encourage you, whatever your gift is this morning, take it and take it through wherever God has placed you. Some of you kids are in school and God has called you to walk through the school and to be the presence of Jesus in the school. Some of you have businesses. Some of you have places of work where you work, where you're around employees. And some of them are probably, you would think, these are the worst people in the world. And you could well be right. But the Word has called you to be the presence of God in that place. And to use whatever gift you have. We say, well, I don't know what gift I have. If you've got the presence of God with you, that is a great gift. Some of you are mothers and you stay home with your kids all day. And, and you are uh, trying to raise them up in a way that follows Christ. That is a great gift. That is the calling that God has put on your life. Do it. Do it. Some of you are teachers and, and you are called and you have to crawl through uh, a, a bunch of kids and some of them know who Christ is and some of them have no idea who He is at all. And you are called to bring the presence of Christ into that place. Some of you are retired. And you might think that you don't have maybe a whole lot to offer the world anymore. You've already worked your time. And, and to be honest, the way that the world looks at you anymore, they, they kind of just cast you aside. Well, I want you to know that if you're still breathing, God still has a use for you. And he has given you a gift. And you are here for a reason. And he has called you to be part of this congregation to go through the town of Marshfield. And we need you. We need you. We need you praying for us. We need you here when we're having church to encourage us. 
The young people need you to uplift them and say, look, you can do this. I've made it. God's carried me through the hard times and God can carry you. He's carrying me to the end and I'm going to go all the way with him and he can do that with you. We need you. Maybe some of you feel like, I don't have much talent at all. It doesn't matter if you have talent. God has given you a gift and he said everybody has one. Find out what it is and use it. Use it. We're going to try to help you. Pray for me as I try to help us all use our gift for Christ. God has called us to go through this town and to bring the presence of Jesus into the life of the worst of the worst. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's pray. Father, today we thank you for your word. Father, help us not to be the people that keep others from seeing you. Help us to be the people who point and point and point and point towards you. Everything we do, Lord, help us to point towards you. Father, I pray that you would just be with us as a, as a church, God, that we would see the mission is upon us, that we are to go through the town of Marshfield and to point, you, point people towards you. I pray that you would encourage our hearts today, Lord. I pray that every person that goes to church here, Lord, would know that you have called them and you have gifted them to point people towards Christ and that we need them. Lord, we love you. I pray that you would encourage the heart of your church tonight, today. We love you and we ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Lord bless you. Oh, wait.